This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. I'm Tom Ruich and today's episode is called The Pursuit of Profitable Happiness. My guest today, Dr. Pillay, is an educator, musician, best-selling author, the founder of Profitable Happiness. He's also the author of a great new book called Profitable Happiness, the five key habits of a high-performance organization. I should note also that he is a friend, an influencer, uh, somebody who inspires me, and I love it every time I talk to Dr. Pillay. He seeks to change the world through books, software, training, and music by helping organizations build cultures of high employee engagement, experience, and performance. Dr. Pillay, you're back on the Story Power Marketing Show. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much, Tom, for that just wonderful uh, opening. I really appreciate being here with you again. Well, I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here. And I want to lead in by quoting something from this book, which I highly recommend. And uh, I just think there's so many nuggets. I, uh, I was saying to you before we turned the record button on and began this episode that usually I do not come to these episodes with a pile of notes and specific, I'm going to ask about this and this and this. I let the conversation flow where it will. But there were so many nuggets in this book that I highlighted and that I wanted to bring into this conversation that I'm going to start by pulling one of those nuggets and quoting it and then let you go from there. So you write early in this book, our world is full of far too many people who go to work every day, yet they hate what they do. This unhappiness results in a global lack of engagement at work, low morale, poor well-being, high stress, and low business performance. I decided, I being you decided, to focus on how companies can leverage the well-being of their greatest asset people to create the business success they seek. Leverage the well-being of their greatest asset people. What do you mean by that? Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for quoting that because that really is the heart of the problem. Yeah. Um, a lot of leaders, a lot of marketers, a lot of companies uh, are used to saying things like, people are our greatest asset. <laughs> right. And this is well known. It's, it's repeated. It's almost a cliche at this point. But the truth is, if you go into many of those companies, those people don't feel like they are great assets. In fact, many of them are unhappy. In fact, research shows that 70% 
a whopping 70% of all employees are disengaged at work. And a percentage of those um, are actually actively working against the intentions of the organization, trying to pull the organization down because they're so unhappy. Mm -hmm. And then companies are spending, what, $300 billion annually on employee stress. That number, and by the way, by the way these research statistics haven't changed in decades. Almost every year we show up and we hear, yep, 70% disengaged. Nobody's happy. People don't want to be here. The employee yeah. experience is terrible. I mean, it's like, when are we going to have a solution here? So many people have tried to address this. When will there be a solution? And so I made it my mission and I made it my life's work. At this point, my, my life has sort of led me here to focus on a very obvious yet untapped resource. And that is the simple idea of happiness. Yeah. If you go into the scientific literature of happiness, in fact, today's MRIs can actually look into our brains and show us where the happiness stuff is happening or not happening. If you look into the research on happiness, it is clearly the parent emotion of things like employee engagement, employee experience, retention, questions of turnover, whether people want to stay in companies or not. It all has to do with a very simple question. Are you happy? Because <laughs> if you're not happy, you're out of here. And yeah. so the tragedy, the tragedy that I've discovered is that so many of us misunderstand happiness. We yeah. think of happiness as something that happens after we've achieved certain things or that happens to us or is an emotion we feel. We don't feel like we're in control of happiness. And that is a central problem that makes us vulnerable to being very unhappy. Also, we don't understand the definition of happiness. So my book had a mission to correct the definition of happiness for people and help them understand the context of happiness so that they can acquire it and use it to create the success they seek in their companies. Beautiful. And, and, and central to the book and to your business is the idea that business leaders, businesses can be proactive about helping their people feel happy and that happy and that this will ultimately be a means to greater business success but when you start talking about these things and start saying to business leaders you should invest in these things happiness uh lifting your employees making sure they're engaged and also all uh, all those ideas they push back because I think the business culture of the 20 and early 21st, 20th and early 21st century is rooted in this idea that that stuff's not necessary. That's, a, you're investing in this cost. And, and, and you point to this by noting something that Peter Drucker said. And, <laughs> you know, uh, we were talking about this before the call, though, Ooh, it's heresy to go yes. after Peter Drucker. <laughs> he but, is Peter Drucker <laughs> after all. <laughs> right. But but you do it. You do it. And in my notes, I wrote down in big letters, the Drucker fallacy, oh. because, because you, you, you knock it out of the park on this one. You know, Peter Drucker said uh, this. Let me let me pull this from my notes. Um, uh, the purpose of a business is to create a customer and the business enterprise has two and only two basic functions, marketing and innovation. Marketing and innovation produce results. All the rest are costs. So the business leaders who buy into this idea are 
thinking, don't tell me about investing in this other stuff and measuring employee happiness. I, I need to invest in marketing. I need to invest in innovation. The rest will happen. And when we achieve business success, everybody will be happy. And I've done my job. Well, <laughs> as you write in the book, where is the business function that supports the happiness of those marketers and innovators? Absolutely. The widely adopted statement reflects, this is you writing in the book, Drucker's statement reflects the lack of focus we see in organizations on what you believe to be the most critical engine of a business. It's people. The yeah. primary purpose of business should yeah. be to create happy employees who will in turn create satisfied customers. Happiness drives success. Yep. Talk about that a bit, will you? Well, you know, uh, Tom, let, let me let me just go back to just to let your viewers know that I I know you very well, and you uh -huh. are without a doubt, in my view, one of the best storytellers on the planet. You and I share a, a passion. We share a passion for storytelling. So I'm going to answer that question with a story. It's a Beautiful. very simple, yeah. It's yeah. a very simple story. It's the story of the golden goose and the oh, golden yeah. eggs. <laughs> you know, if you remember Aesop's Aesop's uh, fables. Um, it, it's a very simple story where you had this farmer, he had a golden goose and it was producing golden eggs. And these golden eggs were beautiful and he wanted more of these golden eggs. So he said, hey, give me more eggs. Well, the poor goose wasn't producing faster. So he went into the goose, he went to the goose and he said, you know what, I'm just going to cut this thing open and get these eggs out. So he kills the goose and reaches in for more eggs and there were none. Okay. This is the problem organizations have. They care more about what the outcome will be in terms of business than who is creating the outcomes. The golden eggs are the outcomes. That's sales, that's marketing results, that's product sales, all of that stuff. But the poor goose, that's the employees. If all you focus on is the outcomes and you don't focus on those employees with the same level of passion and focus and energy, you will ultimately destroy the goose and destroy the eggs, right? Yeah. So, you know, when I looked at this situation, I was like, how can I just very simply help people understand that the same amount of research and the graphs they look at for sales and results and the energy, if they could just put even half of that into helping that goose be happy <laughs> and well fed and and capable they would get all the they would get all the results they want and more and that i think is the fundamental challenge is that people need to start seeing the 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 people function of an organization not not hr because hr i think is misunderstood to be the people function the people function is everywhere in an organization all yeah. leaders are people leaders and so when, when that emphasis, when those people all are empowered to create happy employees, organizations will thrive. Beautiful, beautiful. And let's assume that the listeners and viewers are, are convinced. They understand why this is important. They yep. understand that they need to do this. Now the question is, is how? And in the book and in your work, you emphasize the importance of habit formation, developing systems and habit formation. It's not a one-time thing or, you know, it's not about having a weekly pizza lunch or uh, <laughs> putting a ping pong table in the break room or, or saying attaboy when somebody does a nice job. You know, it's more than that. It's about developing habits at the 
corporate at the business levels. Could you could you explain what you mean by that habit formation to to create that happiness that's so important? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's actually a very scientifically uh, well-known, researched three-step process that creates habits for human beings. It's well-known, all the way from Pavlov down to you and I talking right now. The strategy for building behavioral habits in organizational uh, behavior you know, analysis is very clear. But let's get into that by first starting with something you, you just pointed out, which is a better definition for happiness. Because when leaders understand that we're not talking about the happiness they think we're talking about, it really makes things clearer. Mm-hmm. There are two kinds of happiness based on scientific evidence and research, right? The first one is called hedonic happiness. Now, this is the kind of happiness, which is the pizza lunches, the, the ping pong table in the foyer, you know, people feeling, ah, I like it here. I'm just happy today. Okay, that's not the kind of happiness that produces high performance in organizations. Might be fun for, for, for a lunch party, but that's not the happiness we're talking about. We're actually talking about a kind of happiness called eudaimonic happiness, which goes all the way back to Aristotle, who brought up this concept that the happiness that produces engagement, that produces focus on the right things, uh, happiness that, that is all about you know, flow, okay, uh, and employee experience, all of those things, the meaning that we get from what we do, that is called eudaimonic happiness. And it's well-known, well-researched, and can be tapped into as the engine of business productivity. In fact, there's a lot of research that shows that eudaimonic happiness produces, uh, I believe an Oxford study said it was 13% more productivity. Uh, uh, Several other studies have shown this. This is not anything new, okay? It's well-known. Now, here's the thing. First of all, I didn't want to call my book Eudaimonic Happiness. <laughs> I don't know. Do, I don't. I don't really yeah. like that. <laughs> Eudaimonic <laughs> happiness. So you know, profitable happiness, which is the same thing, really, is really a process of taking those emotions, which involve more than just happiness. There's engagement. There's pride in your work. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of appreciation that you're getting from your organization. There's mm-hmm. recognition for the good things you do. There are several. You know, there's employee experience. You know, there are several aspects to profitable happiness. But now the question is, as with anything else with human beings, how do you actually create results from something? Mm. Well, again, we tap into another science. Now we've got happiness. The second science area is habits. Mm. We have a a virtual, a literal, actually, uh, habit-making machine in our brains. Mm. And habits are the magic of life. Period. They are the reason why someone can be so talented at something and you're thinking, wow, this is, you know, God given or something. The fact is, some of it may have been, you know, innate, but most of it was because they created habits. You know, I like to talk about Pele, the soccer player who I was named after. You know, you've probably seen that picture where he's looking like this and he's got his one foot, probably can't see my foot in the video, (laughs) way up like this, and he kicks a ball backwards, it's called a bicycle kick, and scores the winning soccer uh, match game uh, for the the World Cup in the 1960s. That iconic picture, when we look at it, we go, wow, he's a great soccer player. But let me tell you what he really is. He's a great habit-making machine. That's it. That young man at that time, he played those things over and over. And I know this because I'm a musician. I know what it takes to not know a chord today and then play it 500 million times. And then all of a sudden, you know it. 
or like teaching my daughter how to ride a bicycle at the age of six years old. She couldn't ride a bicycle. We tried over and over until one day, like magic, she's riding the bicycle. What happened? The habit got saved in something actually called, and I have it on my wall there, the basal ganglia. Mm-hmm. The basal ganglia is a, is a thing in our minds that actually allows us to take information from the conscious mind into the subconscious mind. And that's where the magic happens. So why am I talking about habits? Because they're so powerful, they actually allow us to do things automatically. And because of that, you take certain behaviors that you want your employees to have, you turn them into habits. And when many of them have those same habits, that's what you call a culture. Yep. Now you have a culture of shared habits, shared behaviors. And if that culture has high engagement, high productivity, high experience, uh, high pride, high recognition and and appreciation, you, leader, (laughs) have just created a profitable happiness culture that will lead to high performance. Because that's what those things together take us to. So I think think where a lot of people stop when it comes to happiness is, first of all, "Ah, it's just an emotion, ah, whatever. They don't realize it's a habit we can form. And when you form the habit of happiness, then you have a a thing that you can really build organizational success on. And that's the key. Happiness first, then habits, then high performance in your organization. Three H's. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And, and inherent in that, and you and you said this, I'm just going to put it slightly different way. So many people operate under the assumption that things happen, and we feel happy as a result. Yeah, things happen, and we feel happy as a result, we achieve business success, that makes us happy. It's the other way around. We can choose to do things that make us happy. Yeah. We are in control of Absolutely. happiness. We and, and, choose to, to do things that make us happy. We do them habitually. Yes. And good things follow. Exactly. Success. And, and yep. guess what? If any of your viewers or listeners are willing to try an experiment right now, mm-hmm. just smile. Mm-hmm. and keep the smile and really keep it make sure your face is smiling and just keep that smile and keep that you cannot help but feel something yeah. and what you're feeling is some endorphins and some happiness coming into you what is that that means we created an action first that drove a feeling it's kind of like if you if you yawn i'm probably going to start yawning because we human beings we are beings of resonance Yep. When we do something, it resonates and creates feelings that allow us to do its, right. its equivalent. So right. we have to know, first of all, that you can create happiness. You mm-hmm. do happiness. You don't feel it. You do it first, and then you feel it. And so right. th- there's a scientific process called the ABC process mm-hmm. for analyzing uh, behaviors of any kind and for either improving behaviors or, or, you know, reducing behaviors and habits. Mm-hmm. It's called ABC and it stands for antecedents, behaviors, and consequence. Now, first of all, an antecedent is very simple. It's what happens before the behavior. Mm-hmm. A behavior is obviously what the behavior that you're looking for. In this case, happiness or appreciation or recognition or whatever it is you're trying to make into a habit, right? Behavior. And then the C stands for consequence, which is what happens right after the behavior. Mm-hmm. So everybody from Pavlovian, you know, dog handling and chimpanzee experiments to human psychologists today, they use this ABC approach 
to mm-hmm. mold and shape and create habits and behavior. Mm-hmm. But of course, again, just like eudaimonic happiness, I, I, I had to change it from right. eudaimonic to profitable happiness. I changed the ABC to the things that actually make them work. So the antecedent, the thing that comes before a behavior has to get your attention. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you set an alarm that you can't hear so yep. that you can wake up every morning at 7 a.m., it's not going to yep. work. Right. Right. So that alarm has to really get your attention. So what you do is you design something in your life that creates an attention getter for you so that you can jump into the behavior. Then you jump into the behavior that you're going to do. Here's the problem. Most behaviors, you you and I won't do them if you don't believe that they're going to create something for us. If there's no what's in it for me. So that sense of belief in what you're doing has to be ingrained. And this is where leaders and managers come in to help their employees believe that they can actually create outcomes by being happy and so on. Mm -hmm. So belief instead of just behavior, it's belief of that behavior's power. And C, consequence, which is what happens after the behavior, I added celebration. Why? Mm -hmm. Because when we find a way to celebrate, give ourselves some of that, you know, dopamine, endorphin, whatever, when we find a way to celebrate right after we've done the thing we're trying to become better at, that makes us want to do it all over again. Brings it full circle. Yes. Yep. And that's how you, you that's how you create habits by having the ABC process happen over and over again. Yep. Now, when you do that in an organization, boom, you're changing your culture over time. Yep. And one of the key things about habit development, especially when you're trying to do it across multiple people in a in a large organization, is that you need tools, you need to keep track, you need to keep score, you need to know where is it working, where is it not, where, do, where are the holes that we need to fill, and how, how can an organization do that? How do you help organizations do that? Well, you know, Tom, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with you, my friend, because you're just hitting me on all the points here. I love it. Let me show you something. You see this? This is the book. Clearly, we're talking about the book Profitable Happiness. But you know what's interesting? I actually have created software called Profitable Happiness. And the software is really what makes this all happen. The book is where you get the concepts and you learn and you understand the science behind profitable happiness. But the truth is, what I'm really sharing with the world, and I hope to be my legacy, is the software. Now, I have a software tool called Profitable Happiness that is all focused on using people data, data about your people, about profitable happiness, of course, the elements, to help you implement a new culture. Software is the most powerful way that you can, as you've said, Tom, take large numbers of people and slowly but surely help them get new habits. Now, you want, someone might ask, well, how can software help me get, get new habits? Well, first of all, one thing about a habit is that it is only formed based on what we focus on, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, you may have heard whatever you focus on or, sorry, whatever you feed is what will grow. If I keep thinking positive thoughts all the time. I will someday become more positive. If I keep thinking negative thoughts, I will remain there. (laughs) I will be negative. So what software can help us do is it helps us to focus all employees on specific things. So if I want to focus you on something, Tom, I can just ask you a question. That's it. Mm -hmm. So Tom, how do you feel today? Focusing him on his feelings. Tom, how do you feel today? Focusing him on his feelings. Third day, Tom, how do you feel today? 
Again, I'm focusing you on your feelings. If I do that enough times, someday you will independently come to me and say, hey, hey, Dr. Play, here's how I'm feeling today. <laughs> Don't ask me again. I get it. I'm supposed to focus on my feelings. But that's how organizations can slowly but surely help all employees yep. focus on things like employee engagement. These, A lot of these things come from choices we make. Yep. You know, look, some might say, well, employee engagement is not a choice. Well, yeah, it is because HR and leaders can help employees tap into their greatest strengths and reassign them to jobs or duties that take better advantage of their strengths and therefore improve their employee their engagement. Yep. So, yep. so these are things that are actually under our control. And uh, the, the ways to do all of these things have to do with getting people focused on specific things. And you do that through software that asks you questions every week. I love it. I love it. And, and I know from my own experience that this sort of thing works. So I, like everybody who's watching or listening, have been through the experience of, of trying to establish a positive habit. And mm -hmm. you get going, New Year's resolution or, or whatever <laughs> it might be. You get going, you build momentum, it wanes, you forget about it. Then you feel bad about it later and, and the yeah. whole thing. And one of the things I've done is implemented tools for myself where I'm recording the goal. I'm just, it's literally about checking the box each yeah. day. And after you check the box each day for 10 or 15 or 20 or 30, 30 days, boom, all of a sudden, it's like riding your daughter riding the bike, all of a sudden, it's no longer this thing where I'm concentrating and focusing on every Oh, I have to remember to do this or do that or whatever I promised myself, it just happens. It's now habit, it's reflex, it's, it's just built into me. And I think uh, I'm, what you're talking about with your software is, is not necessarily so simple as checkboxes, but it it's based on the same principle I know. Yeah, I mean, companies like Zoom, all right, uh, yeah. which we're using right now, uh, are well celebrated for having a happiness first, employee first approach. Mm -hmm. Even before uh, customer happiness for them is employee happiness because they right. know they're, you know, just as we talked about the goose and the golden eggs, that goose is the most important element there. That's right. That's and and right. so uh, Zoom communications um, they actually have a 100-person happiness crew. People wow. who, their job in the organization is to create meetings, events, and different tools and capabilities that help people feel happy inside the yeah. company. So yeah. th this is not just a, 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 a theoretical thing. This is something that real companies that have created real success in the world are doing proactively to help employees become uh, more successful through happiness. Yep. Now, some people who are listening, some people in my audience may not be a leader at a large company and may be thinking, well, all right, whatever, that's good for the corporate world. But, yeah. you know, I, I run a small business. I have a few employees. Does it apply to them? Oh, absolutely. It applies yeah. to anyone who has the uh, title of person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, 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 yeah. In fact, in fact, my software is uh, targeting um, the small to medium sized businesses at this point, because, yeah. you know, anywhere from, you know, 20, 30, 50 employees up to 500 or more, but definitely under a thousand employees, that range, oh my goodness, they're hurting because for most of them, they don't want to be spending the 
thousands and thousands of dollars on the larger solutions out there. And there are solutions, HR solutions, although I personally think they're too complicated and hard to use, but that's a different conversation. Uh-huh. But they don't want to, you know, invest in those massive IT, you know, implementations. Yep. So my tool is just a very simple software tool that is very easy to use that addresses that very small to, to medium-sized enterprise. Um, yep. So yes, absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful. And where does someone go if they want to learn more about you, get the book, learn more about the software? So there are basically three places. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say four because I'll add Amazon. <laughs> so on Amazon, of course, you can go get the book and I'm sure you'll have a link to, to that. Um, but I'm active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. That's where I am. So again, I'm sure you'll have that. Um, but the, the other two places are my two websites. DrPele.com, D-R-P-E-L-E.com is basically my speaking and more personal website where I have everything I do personally. And that's a good place to learn about all these things. But the software itself is on the fourth area, which is ProfitableHappiness.com. And that is based on the software. Of course, the book is there as well. But these are the ways that anyone can reach me. And since you asked, Tom, I have to share with everyone that right now I am seeking uh, private beta companies. So if you're a company with, you know, 30, 40, 50 employees or up to 500, and you'd like to join my private private beta, which means you get to use the software for free to create results in this particular phase of our development. Um, just, uh, let us know, let me know, let Tom know, and uh, I will absolutely have a conversation with you and we will get you this software so you can build a high performance culture. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. And and one thing we haven't talked about, which I want to get into just a little bit as we close, is the fact that you are a musician, that a lot of your philosophy about happiness and a lot of your approach to life is rooted in the joy that you get from composing and performing music and the joy that you spread when you compose and perform music. And one of the things I love about the book is that every chapter includes a, uh, well, the, the, the book has a soundtrack and every chapter includes a, uh, a, a song from the soundtrack, which is, yeah. is just awesome. And, and how do you actually get access to the songs themselves? I, when I read the book, you make reference to the song and where do I go to find the songs? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll actually make that a little bit clearer at some point because the songs right now are everywhere that you can get songs, such as yeah. Spotify or Apple Music and so on. So that's, you're right. There's got, I got to be a little clearer about that. But, but I, I do want to just talk a little bit about this music thing you've talked about. You know, I've had several people uh, tell me that um, nobody's buying music. <laughs> at these companies that you're going to. Why are you even talking about your music? And I go, thank you very much. I am what you call a purple cow. You can even see the color purple behind me, okay? Yeah. I plan to use every gift that God has given me, and music is definitely right up there, to help people understand this stuff. And it just turns out that music is more than just a fun thing I, I do for marketing. It's yeah. actually something that drives the book. So for example, we talked about the software. The software is called a profitable happiness jam. Now, what uh, is a I jam? Love it. Yeah, yeah what, what is a jam? A jam is when musicians get together and they decide on, you know, 
you know, just say, okay, here's the key of the song. Here's the tempo. Let's go. You know, a jazz jam. The funny thing is that when you use the concept of an event, like a jam, as a way of listening to your employees, giving them feedback, getting feedback from them, it is a powerful way to build habits of listening and, you know, culture and happiness building in an organization. So it's a powerful. Yep. So my software is actually using the concept of a musical jam um, as part of its uh, way of explaining what it does. So I'm involved in music from the heart all the way up. It, yep. it is it is something that I believe in. And our break, business breakfast that we have here in Austin, it's a jam. It's people just come and they learn about profitable happiness. They learn about high performance in their organizations and they enjoy yep. some awesome music as Beautiful. well. Beautiful. And, and I had forgotten about this until we started talking about it. We've known each other now for a few years and bonded over music. And yeah. uh, some months after we first connected, we put together a playlist that yes. is available on Spotify and Apple that includes some of our favorite songs that are all about inspiration and and, and happiness and and um, you know when we're down we listen to these songs and yep. I'm gonna make sure that we share that playlist in in the show notes. The other thing I want to note, this is going to be a little cliffhanger for those of you who are, are uh, listening or watching. The opening of this book, Profitable Happiness, is a story that Dr. Pillay tells about his, his immigrant journey. Um, and, and it's a remarkable story about his mother and him and escaping chaos and war and making his way ultimately over here to America, where he got his PhD and became a great business leader. Uh, and, and it's about music. And it's, it, if for no other reason than reading that story, go get the book, read the story. And, and then the second story is the story of how and why your father chose to name you after Pele, the great yeah. soccer player. Both those stories are just awesome. You'll keep reading after you read those two stories, but get the book if for no other reason than to read those two stories. So Dr. Pele, any parting thoughts for us before we call it a day? I just want to say when a storyteller like you tells people that a story I wrote is worth reading, that means something to me. Uh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom. It's been just uh, an honor to be part of your podcast today. Thank you. I always enjoy getting together with you. I really encourage people, even if you don't have a company with 20 employees, even if it's just you and three employees, there's so much that you can get for yourself and then for your small organization from this, this book. Go check out ProfitableHappiness.com, DrPillay.com. Find him on LinkedIn and you will benefit from the relationship as I have. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. 
That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.